0: Subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett are back again. And we are going to have, well, we have a great episode for you today. We're excited to bring you some great information and some great topics. With that being said, if you're a new listener to us and you want to check out more about what Matt and Garrett are talking about, where we're coming from, and how how did we come to this place right here, go check out ninjaselling.com. You can uh, learn all about what Ninja Selling is. You can also find out about courses and events that are coming up. You can also find the coaching program through that website, which is what uh, I run, what Matt helps uh, with the coaching side of. We got tons of great coaches. You can learn about that there. You can also go check out our Facebook group, which is the Ninja Selling Podcast group. Matt, what are we at? 12,100
1: more than that people in there? No. Yeah, something, lots of people, lots, lots lots. over 12,000. Let's see, let's see, what does the number actually say on here? It's a gaggle of people. There's a gaggle of people online 12,216. I like a a gaggle. It's definitely a gaggle.
0: That's a gaggle. That's officially a gaggle. So we have a gaggle of people online that are speaking the same speak that you all are speaking. So go check that out. I'm excited to jump in today, Matt. I got good energy. I know you have good energy. You're feeling better. You're not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, feeling like a waste paper basket or a trash can or <laughs> yeah or, or whatever, or just fully on sick. <laughs> Matt was Matt was really sick. Everybody for about the past week, and uh, one of the episodes, which I think we had actually announced, he was barely hanging on to life. Uh, he didn't get much better for a while,
1: and uh, now we have him fully back. Yeah, surprisingly, it took several days, but you know we're we're back we're back, and I am definitely micromanaging my routine a lot now hydration, nutrients, all the things. I'm like, man, this, this immune system clearly was not running the way that I wanted it to run. Or maybe it was. Maybe it could have been a lot worse. Who knows? I guess that's what they say. The sickest time I ever was in my life
0: was when I had children that were your age. You're like, your kids age, like, (laughs) because they just bring, bring all this stuff home, all the best stuff. They go out and they find all the best ones and they bring them home and they're like, here, daddy. Ooh, here's a fun virus. Let's bring this one home to mom and dad. Will you give me a kiss before I go to bed? And like, what are you going to say? No. You're like, sure. Give me that big snotty kiss. Bring that thing over here. (laughs) Yeah. You're, you're now sick. It's just the way it works. Oh gosh. Topic for today. We do have a fun topic. Yeah, this is a good one. Topic for today is I have a property and it just won't sell. Um, we are hearing this out here right now. Um, I'm coming across people But it should, Gary. It's but it's
1: but it's it should sell. I don't know why it's I mean it's great. It's it's it doesn't make any perfect. sense. Perfect. It's got the phone it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. It's a beautiful house, it's got all these great attributes,
0: and it just won't sell. People aren't making offers, people aren't coming by to look at it, and it doesn't make any sense because the other ones are all selling and I don't understand. And maybe we should just wait this one out. We're hearing this all over the place. We have people that are notorious for it and are carrying a lot of listings. And there's reasons that a lot of this stuff is happening. And I have been finding that the more I step into it and start asking more questions, it's not that surprising that the property hasn't sold. It's not like, (laughs) it's like, oh my gosh, you do have this rare gem of this weird property that isn't selling. And we don't know why every single time. It's like, well, it's because of this. It's because of that. This is why this isn't working. So we, ha- I have an example I'd love to share with people today as we kind of talk about this because I just did this earlier this week. But uh, Matt, what are you seeing out there? Because I'm hearing this all the time.
1: Yeah. Oh, this this does happen a lot. And I think there's a few factors that lean into this. One is it could be a segment of the marketplace that we're not analyzing correctly. We we think we're we're going broad when we probably need to use some more specifics, whether that's a price range or a location or something. Sometimes patience might be the answer. We've talked about that. We did a we did a podcast on that. But that's also you have to understand what's going on in the broad market. But I definitely see this happen a lot. And this mostly happens with homes that are in really good condition, right? I don't necessarily mean they're functionally perfect or they're really well-updated or anything like that, but they're homes that are just really well-maintained. Like You get a squeaky clean inspection report, the house like you could eat off the floors kind of thing, and I think it just kind of puts this film over our ability to see maybe some other obsolescences that exist with this property that we need to consider. I have this
0: picture of this really beautiful knife like one that you would go, anybody who's gone to like a, a really nice knife shop and seen a really beautiful knife. Beautiful handle. It's got inlays in it. It's got gold and all kinds of just it's a it's a beautiful knife. Really expensive, by the way. They've got a hefty price tag on this thing because it is gorgeous. Weirdest thing though, Matt, they sharpened the wrong side of it. Like the back side of the knife is sharp. Um, <laughs> but the part that you would normally have the blade on, like it's it's got this flat edge on it. So like what the hell do I do with this thing? (laughs) (laughs) This is what we're finding in some of the homes out here. It's like, there's no non-functional. It's gorgeous. And it looks right. And it looks great. But when you sit there and you start to take a closer look at it, there's things like that. Now that might be a a little bit of an extreme, but sometimes not like the house that I'm going to talk about here in a second. It's like, there's a problem here where people are trying to go like, yeah, but for me, the knife is the, it's sharp on the wrong side. Like, it doesn't work for me in that way. And this is where we're kind of coming across. So yes, I do believe there's the right times, Matt, to be patient. But more often than not, when I'm finding agents that are complaining about a certain property or one that isn't selling, or even worse is when you're holding on to a whole bunch of listings. And you yourself have created this reality with the help sometimes of your office because all of a sudden, you've got so-and-so in the office and this other person and this other person that we all really trust. And we all collectively as a whole have decided that properties are not selling out here right now. And there's ones that just should are just sitting. And everybody as a whole has decided, yeah, there's just some random ones that just aren't selling right now. And who knows what to do? Yeah. And instead of doing more analyzation, instead of looking at it from 10 different directions, they just go, eh, what are you going to do? Some just aren't selling right now. <laughs> and I think, I think we got here, Matt, and I, I, I'm really ready to be done talking about the pandemic. But during that time, I think we got lazy on a lot of skills. I think during that time of the, it doesn't matter what the property is, just throw it on. You're going to get multiple offers. It's a feeding frenzy out there the people that were like do we need to stage does it even matter if you even have pictures of the property like just get it on there like go even if you were doing all that stuff there were other skills that we've stopped doing we've let go on and a lot of that is questioning more like what is it that this house is really looking at all the factors looking at the client's motivation of where they want to go honing all this stuff in so that you can then sit there and say okay we actually have a really good listing on our hands here instead of just i have a listing uh, or actually matt let me just back this up i have a really good seller on my hands cuz i'm watching a lot of people also with these properties that are hanging there, hanging on to them yeah
1: the more questions i ask them like oh you don't have a seller yeah that could be it too yeah that's a problem well i think we we get sometimes we get too mechanical with how we do our listings right it's oh, square footage, bedroom, bathrooms, acreage, updated location. Okay, great. We factor all these things in, boom, here we go. We can we can find pricing. And we sometimes overlook functionality or just certain things that it's like, well, this this actually might be an issue. Could be a curb appeal thing, could be a first impression thing. We tend to, if we get too mechanical, we tend to just ignore some of those things. I've seen this happen with people who are who have spent a lot of time doing condos, right? Really good at listing condos, and then all of a sudden they get a single family, and it makes sense to them. But something's off, and it's not selling, and it's because a, well, a single family detached residence, I should say detached, because condos are single families. A detached residence is gonna is going to function a whole lot differently than all of this line, you know, the L line in building A, right? Yep. So. If we get too mechanical, you could find yourself in this position. And now there might not be major changes we need to make in order to have these properties be sellable, right? Yep. Uh, it, we could be right on the precipice of doing something that's going to make a difference. For example, Garrett, if we only look at the absorption rate in our position when we list the property, we then miss the flow of all the other stuff that comes on. We're like, man, but we're we're good. Like we're in third position. We should sell. It's like eventually we're going to be in the top two and we'll go. It's like, yeah, but what you're missing is that there's a new top two every single month that's flowing through. And you're just getting, you're just getting replaced, right? You just keep on getting pushed to the back of the line. It's like, you know, you're in queue to go up and like order some food or something. And then just like, every now and then a random person just keeps stepping in front of the person in front of you. And you're just thinking like, but how is this possible? Like all these people are getting their orders. Why are they cutting? Well, but you're not seeing them. You don't see them for some reason. You
0: don't get to see it. It just happens. And you just sit there longer and longer and longer going, where's my food? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like picture the queue being around a corner, right? And so you can only see one person in front of you, but then around the corner, there's like a bunch of people just cutting in line. So you see people coming out the other side, like, man, there's... This line must like snake through. This isn't the pickup window. (laughs) Where the hell have I been standing? (laughs) I am in the wrong line. This, This is not how I get here. So I think that those are components we need to like also first acknowledge and say, hey, we might be too mechanical. We might be missing something and we need to open our eyes to see like, hey, how can I look at this from a different perspective so I can see the functional obsolescence that exists here? But you have some good, you have an example of... How this is operating right now in the current market.
0: Yeah. So anybody who's listening right now, just pay attention for a second. Stop what you're doing because you're going to need to kind of like get the the sense of what this property is so that you're like, okay, I can see what Garrett's talking about here. So gentlemen that I'm coaching, I'm not going to talk about the market and I'm not going to mention any names, but has this property that uh it's been on the market for I think like 30 some odd days right now. And they're trying to figure out what in the world's going on with it. It's a really beautiful, nice house. Very well done, very clean, remodeled inside, beautiful. Now, it is a four-bedroom, three-bath house. It has a two-car garage. It's technically in... uh, It was referred to as a townhome, but it's not... It doesn't share any walls with anybody. It just basically has almost like a zero lot line, but it does have like a four-foot little space around the outside of the house. It's technically a yard. It's really not. And the house sits on top of the two-car garage. So like to get into the house, you've got a slide of stairs up the front to the front door, or you pull in the garage and you go upstairs up to the main house. So very nice home. Pictures from the outside are gorgeous. The area that it's in, it's absolutely gorgeous. Backs up to beautiful space. This house is attracting in people with kids. That's who's coming and looking at this house. Four-bedroom three bath house, great neighborhood, close to schools, all those types of stuff. And as people are coming and looking at the house, they're saying, but it doesn't have a yard. I can go buy a house across town that has a yard, but it's going to cost me. So just so you know, the price on this property is like 800,000. It's actually a little bit over 800,000. They're saying, I can go buy a property for 1.2 with a yard. And this is where you get into, well, how much is a yard worth to these people? Like, is it worth to
1: go spend that much to go get that yard? Is it worth the sacrifice having no yard and take this? And I just want to highlight is this is one of the biggest things that people forget to factor in when it comes to value positioning a property is like, oh, but I'm, I'm the lowest price. It's like, but by how much and is it enough for the value of whatever is missing in this case, being a yard? Yes. So... He keeps
0: telling me who's coming into this house. He says, Well, we did get one offer on it up front. And I said, Great. Who placed the offer on the property? And he said, Well, it was, a. I guess it was was an offer that was being talked about. They rescinded before, from what I understand, before it even went live. And the offer that was given was one from a gentleman without kids, retired at a stage in life where they were really liking the house because it didn't have a yard. They didn't have to maintain the yard. They didn't have to do anything with it. So I, it's funny. I pulled the listing up on my computer, the main house, and I walked all the way across the back of my office. And I just sat there and stared at it for a second. And finally, I asked the, the agent that was coaching, I said, who is the profile buyer for this property? And it was really interesting because he started going down one way, and then he'd go down another way, and he'd go down another way. And I was like, this is where your problem lies. You have a house that the people that are all coming to look at it right now who are liking the price, they're liking the four bedrooms, they're liking the three bath. Oh, I have another another element of this property to throw in as a little thing. The fourth bedroom is downstairs. You can only access it from the garage. You have to go downstairs and through the back of the garage. And the people before have been renting it at a rent of $1,600 a month. And it is a bedroom, living space, and full kitchenette built in with that bedroom downstairs. So it's got a space downstairs with a three-bedroom, two-bath upstairs, just so everybody has a clear picture of what this thing is. But the fourth bedroom, again, unless you go into the garage, down the stairs, and into the place down, you can't get to it from the main space. So it's got some weird kind of quirks with it. And you can't market it as a rentable space downstairs. So again, I'm looking at this property and I'm like, okay, so it's kind of really not a four bedroom, but it kind of is. It's not really a rentable space. Can't market that way, but it is. That's how the people have been using it. This is where it got interesting. When we were looking at the profile buyer, and I keep having to get come up with that, I said, okay, so we have a house that would be really good for people with kids, but it doesn't have a yard. The people that are attracted to a house that doesn't have a yard... <laughs> are typically people that are going like, I don't want to have to maintain a yard. I don't want to have to work on all that stuff, which is typically somebody that's not going to want 10 stairs to get to the front door. And that's the staircase that leads to the front door. And it's the only way into the main house from the garage is up a flight of stairs. So now you have this house that is sharp on the wrong side. <laughs> like I keep looking at it like the knife. And going, the blade is on the wrong side. How do you use this thing? And that's the challenge with some of these homes. And you can't just look at it mechanically, Matt, as you were saying, and go, four bedroom, three bath, this square footage in this area, got to sell for this. And the reality, the only way to make up for that home is by price. Now, it was funny. After I went through all this, he was actually the person that sold this person this house. So he was the buyer's agent on it. Couple of years back. And the conversation was, we're so happy that we're going to get a deal on this property because we can overlook that it doesn't have a yard. They had a kid, husband, and wife buying this house. They're like, we get to overlook. Like, Did you need to have a conversation with your sellers now and saying, remember when you bought it and you overlooked stuff and you were happy you got a deal on it? You still have a house that we have to give somebody a deal on. Like, that's how we're going to make this
1: work. That property will sell. That's a really good point. It will sell. And that's a good point, um, what you highlighted there at the end. A house that's a deal, unless there is a very rare circumstance with that seller, that house is always going to be a deal house, which is something for people to remember from the buying side. Now, here's, here's the wonderful thing. Everything's relative. If you have a deal house, in today's market, and you have to sell a deal house in tomorrow's market, if tomorrow's market's appreciated, your deal house has appreciated, right? Now, is it going to sell the same as the non-deal houses, I, I guess? No, but it's going to sell for more than you bought it for, which is a great thing, right? And I think that's that's a really good point on this house. See, now, this is a uh, a unique house, and it's interesting the number of unique houses that are out there, though. They call custom the custom homes. There's a couple of things that I think about when you were going through that story. One is we have to go beyond the numbers and the mechanics and look at the functional obsolescence here. Okay, four-bedroom, three-bath. That's really a three-bedroom, two-bath with a suite downstairs in, in the basement. Yes. So we have to look at it like that, right? You got to think about it from a different perspective. That fourth bedroom and third bath are bonuses, right? Now, bonuses are worth money. Don't get me wrong. And Matt, let, let me add
0: in real quick to that space. I even threw out to him, what if you turned it into, took the bed out of it, eliminated the idea of it being a bedroom and turned it into a game room, an office space, something other than that, because I think it's confusing to people with what the hell do we do with this being a fourth bedroom down
1: here? Keep going. Yeah. And that leads into the marketing, right? If you find the right buyer profile, or if you're thinking about, okay, who's Now, uh, asterisk, fair housing, thinking about the ideal buyer profile and how can we set this house up to be marketed in in a certain way? Because as much as you think people don't read descriptions or care about the 40th and 41st photo in the MLS, people do care about those things. They care about certain keywords when they're looking for bonus space, home office, separate from main house, You know, these little things that like, I mean, you take a guy like Garrett or a guy like me and it's like, oh, there is a separate finished room that is heated and air conditioned that I can go and have privacy and record podcasts without worrying about other noises from the rest of the house. Ooh, that's attractive to me.
0: Or take your friends and go downstairs. Mm -hmm. If I owned that house, those words would come out of my mouth all the time. Take your friends, go downstairs. Like, yeah, I love having your energy in my space, but I'm done with it. I did it last night <laughs> in my house. <laughs> <laughs> take your friends; they're 18 now, so I'm like, take your friends and leave. Like, go. It's great having you guys here right now, but you've got to go. I got to go to bed. That's what I would be using that space for. That's what I'd have to see it as.
1: Absolutely. Now, all this stuff does come at a price too. You have to factor that in. But if you can align those things. Instead of having a house that's unsellable, because I also believe that at the, if, if you don't acknowledge the right functionality of a house or the appropriate marketing descriptions and presentation, then you could end up moving the price way, way further than you need to move it. And you could end up losing potential money that you could have otherwise been making on this house. And really, that's well, the, what the seller could be making on the house. But if you get those things aligned, then the price is probably not going to be as big of an issue. It's still an issue. These things, you can't cover up price in a house that's non-conforming, but you can minimize the amount of price differential that needs to be made.
0: I think it's interesting as the old saying of like, people are like, oh, I could sell ice to an Eskimo or I could sell ketchup to a guy with white gloves or like really good salespeople find functionality in things to be able to create value. And people give salespeople a hard time all the time, and believe me, I I love the act of sales. I love taking something that somebody doesn't want and turning it into something that they want. I'll be honest, I'm good at it. <laughs> <I'm> good. <laughs> I sold enough used cars in my life to be like, how are we going to move this thing? And like, and I have to sit there and like hang out in it for a while to figure out like what are the good components of this beast that I'm sitting in right now? And be like, oh, all right, I I I got this and that and that. Okay, I can sell this thing. Um, I can make this thing move along. I think when you look at homes like that, if you're just looking at a face value of a house, you're missing all the components of what that house is. If you can sit in it for a little while and sit here and say, okay, that space downstairs, how can we look at it differently? Um, you look at you know having that yard of what that is. How can you look at that differently and talk about it differently so that all of a sudden you can find the value in there? It was interesting. The more I talked to him, he said, there's a Great basketball court, just right up in this, in the division right there.
1: That was the other thing I was going to say. I'm guessing this is not the only house of its kind in this little neighborhood, too. So, as unique as we want to be like, oh gosh, this house is going to be impossible to sell. It's like, well, it's surrounded by all probably the same or similar homes. So, people are looking in this area for a reason. Like, let's also use some of the quote flaws as an advantage. Like, man, the neighbors here are fantastic. People gather out in the front you know, they hang out, they go down to the basketball court. Can you say that about neighbors? Well, I don't know. Maybe you can't. Uh, Someone's going to have to fact check me on that one. Dude, if I bought this house and you
0: sold me on the neighbors and then I met my neighbor across the street right now, I would be having a
1: problem with you, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. You cannot lie. I will say that. But (laughs) use this as an example. The neighborhood that we moved from, very desirable neighborhood because people know about the things that people do in that neighborhood the events that the neighbors put on with each other the people who hang out at the pool and the playground and stuff like that it's known that that's desirable for some of those factors right so maybe forget the the neighbors are awesome and highlight the oh The community gathers, you know, they go play basketball down at this, this basketball court down here, or or like what, however you want to highlight the community features, you know, that can be a very big advantage instead of being like, yep, you know, zero lot line, uh, no backyard, none of these things. And it's like, yeah, because no one's using their backyards anyway.
0: Yeah they're living life.
1: They're out. Yeah. They're enjoying that. So anyway,
0: there's always a way. And this is Matt, where we you know, we started this episode off with a lot of people talking about, I've got these properties that are just sitting here right now and they should be selling. And I don't know why. And what we know is in the marketplace that we're in right now, and this is pretty much across the United States. And I know there's some people going like, not my market. Okay. We can talk about that if you want. But with that being said, most marketplaces. If a home is priced correctly right now, I'm not seeing them sit on the market. I am not seeing inventory stack up right now. We are not even remotely crossing into a buyer's market in marketplaces right now. It is still strong seller's markets in every market. And I've had people go, oh, but we need to readjust the scale. No, we don't. Anything less than six months is a seller's market. And we need to understand that. And as long as we're under six months of inventory, the power is in the seller's favor. And if that property is not selling, you've got to look at the home and figure out what you're missing. And there's only a couple things you can do to adjust it. You can't change the location. You're not going to remodel the entire house. You can do a little bit with you know condition and things like that. But at the end of the day, you're either going to need to remarket and rebrand this thing to figure out what it is so you can get the right people to come see it, or you're going to have to adjust price or both because there's something wrong with it. The knife is sharpened on the wrong side. And unless you can figure out how you're going to use that knife and make it the right value for the right person, you're going to have to adjust the price down. So somebody's buying a really pretty knife that they're going to put on the shelf and never have to hopefully use it. Yeah. Or they're going to take it apart and fix it. Or they're just going to enjoy the handle. It's a really pretty handle.
1: <laughs> just keep it in the sheath. Don't take it out of the sheath. So I, I will say this too is is kind of like part of pulling this together um, here at the end as we as we're wrapping up too. Is are we wrapping? You and mentioned also the fellow agents, right? Giving you maybe a false sense of security in your property. And I said, and this is something. Don't rely on like it's like. But all the, everybody else says it's priced great, perfect. They're not buying the house. Yep, they're not buying the house. So they're. And When you ask for price opinions from other agents, a lot of the times they're looking at it mechanically. And so, yeah, they might be like, oh, yeah, based on all this stuff, it should sell at that price. If it's not selling, then there's, there's a problem. And it's probably going to include some type of price adjustment. Here's some things that I've learned with pricing. If you're getting showings and you're not having offers, you're probably at least 5% off the mark, which is not the end of the world. If you're getting zero showings, nothing's happening. You're just out there and it's just crickets. You're probably 10% or more, which that... I was going to say the same thing. That is a problem. Now, if you're in the zone, you're getting showings, but like people are talking about offers, you're probably getting closer to that 3% zone where when you get in there, particularly for homes like this, buyers are very hesitant to throw out offers unless they think they can get to a conclusion that they're happy with. So we probably want to be in that 3% target range. So if you're getting showings, no offers, you're probably at least 5% off. Take a look at what that math does. If it gets you close to a bridge point, go to the bridge. If it gets you to you know a different bracket, opening up to different buyer pool, go there, make those adjustments, and you're probably going to see the property sell relatively quickly thereafter. So... And so
0: here's also something that we should throw on the table here, Matt, which is where you're going with like listening to the other agents in your office. Be careful of the collective beliefs that everybody's come across because there's people we look up to. There's doctors we look up to. There's actually studies done on it where a doctor can come into the into your uh, your exam room and sit down and say, you have six months to live and you will literally live to the day of six months like we put a authority we give the authority to people and we uh, we listen to them and we 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 believe in what they're going to tell us and we trust them and there are people in your office that you trust and you look up to and what happens is is when they say this is what's happening you go this is what's happening and we own it and i can watch certain agents tear down an entire office because Everybody looks up to them. They make a decision on what they think has happened in the market. And the whole office goes, oh, Sandy thinks that. So we should probably listen to her because she's pretty... It
1: must must be what's going on.
0: And it's not always the truth. So be very, very, very careful with that.
1: The people you should be listening to the most, and this is specifically with listings. I've seen it happen to an entire town, by the way, where sellers collectively got together and said, this is the way the market is. And well... That's the way it was for them. Yep. It's a
0: collective belief is what happens. And all of a sudden, when when the entire tribe decides something's a certain way, everybody will follow suit. So the people you really need to be listening to are the buyers that are coming in your door. The buyers will tell you everything you need to know if you choose to listen and ask more questions. I watch people get so bent over the buyers that are coming in and and the they're not making offers and blah, blah, blah. They're like taking it out on the buyers where it's like, no, 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 no. You need to ask more questions of them. Because the more you listen to them and they're going, but it doesn't have a yard. That's a problem. Every single one that's come in says it doesn't have a yard. Who are the buyers that are being attracted to this property? Am I attracting the wrong buyers in by the marketing that I put out there? Or is this house attracting the wrong buyers because of just kind of where it is in the area that it's in? When you start hearing things about price, when you start hearing things about problems with the property, you need to listen to all this stuff. Because if you listen, you can make corrections and buyers will talk in two ways. Matt, as you were saying, if you're, let's say, 10% or more off the price, you're going to actually hear silence. That's what it is. And we go like, oh, nobody's showing my property. I'm not getting anything going. Yeah, you're way off is the problem. Or you're way off in your marketing. And the people that actually would be attracted to this house aren't even seeing it. Something is way off because nobody's showing up. That's something you need to listen for. Very important. Second thing is, is if you are getting feedback, if you are getting showings, but no offers, that means you're close, Matt. That's what you're talking about. You're probably 5% off. Um, but you need to listen, and you need to make adjustments. You can't just sit there and cross your arms and be like, "What's wrong with these buyers? It's not them; it's you. You got to fix it. This is your
1: your position to be in." So, yeah, that's what I would share around that. Nice. Yeah, I agree. And I, so, anytime you are hesitant on price or you're hearing these things, always go check your stats. That's where I do want you to go to the numbers and be like, "Oh, well, if someone's saying nothing's selling, let me just go." double check. Did anything go under contract in the MLS in the past two weeks? Anything. One thing. And that statement's false. And I guarantee something's going under contract. So I just
0: heard it in my town. We have a newer agent that I know. And she's like, Oh, nothing's selling. Really? No buyers are writing offers right now. I'm like, nobody. I call BS.
1: Like, no, no, not one, not one in the whole town. Because if that's the case, then we then we do have a problem, right? <laughs> if that's yeah, the case, yeah, it's going to get weird really quick. We uh, we do have a problem, and we need to call a meeting with the mayor. Yeah, what did you do? ASAP. <laughs> 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 well, guys, hopefully this gives you some some insight. If you're having some of these challenge listings, like by the way, don't beat yourself up if you if you have these things. This is natural. This occurs to a lot of people. It's, it's definitely happened to me before, where you have these properties where you think these things. It's just get outside your own head, get outside the box here, focus on what really is going on with these properties, and you're going to get them positioned properly to sell. I know that you will be able to get it done. Or the seller is going to decide they don't want to go down that path, in which case you have clarity either way, right? Clarity is always a good thing. So... Appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you want to join our amazing community on Facebook, just head over there and search for The Ninja Selling Podcast. You'll find our group there, which is incredible. If you want to learn more about Ninja Selling or Ninja Coaching or anything like that, head over to ninjaselling.com. You can also, um, if you want to search our podcast episodes, there's two places to do it now, actually. You can go to the com, search there, or you can go to ninjaselling.com slash podcasts with an S. Yeah. I don't know why it's that way, but that's what it is. Yeah. That's where there's more than one podcast. Well, no, there's more than one episode. One podcast, multiple episodes. Anyway, NinjaSelling.com slash podcasts. You can search or at the NinjaSellingPodcast.com. We have well over 450 episodes out there. Lots of awesome topics. So that's a lot. It's a lot, Matt. Go check them out. It is a lot. We've been doing this for a little bit. We've been at it for a little bit. Way to go, man. Which has been great. Yeah, you too. And thank you, everybody who's listening, because we're here because of you guys, because you listen, you share the show, you give us feedback. That's why this show is going on. And so thank you guys so much. Appreciate you a whole ton. And we will see you or talk to you, at least on the next episode.
0: Bye, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com.
1: There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.